Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Adam Elliott, the founder and president of ID Insight. Adam, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Well, let's dive in. You've been in and around technology and data throughout the majority of your career. As the world continues to evolve and become more virtual, what emerging cybersecurity issues do you believe aren't receiving enough attention they deserve? Yeah, it's crazy what's going on right now. But the um, the one that we really pay attention to, which is just crazy right now, is and even you know pre-pandemic, but uh, certainly was exacerbated a little bit by COVID. But Right now, everybody's going virtual, and a lot of you know what we work with is financial services, banks, credit unions, and you know if you talk to any banker uh, on the fraud cybersecurity side, they'll say that ninety percent of the logins that they see are probably fraudulent. Um, and so, whether it's trying to open a new account or take over an existing account, um, and so the world has really changed in the last few years and. In the old world, you know, when people would open accounts like you or I, you know, you'd show up at the website and you'd say, you know, I'm Adam, here's my social date of birth, address, uh, kind of the physical identity. And if you could say, yeah, we've got all those credentials uh, matching up to Adam, it was good. And in the new world order, we have to basically assume the opposite, that it's been compromised, that it's been breached. And so kind of in the new world of things that we have to look for in the whole world of cybersecurity virtual is not just the physical identity, but now it's kind of being known as the virtual identity. And so when you think about like Adam or you, um, you know, you, you need to think of it as like, um, what's Adam's IP address? What devices is he using? And so it's really shifted the world of identity as we used to know it from just those physical elements, which we have to now assume are compromised to this virtual world. Um, and so, Again, back to that, you know, ninety percent of logins are, um, you know, fraudulent. That is true, um, and the fraud has definitely morphed into, um, you know, um, the new account side being digital, and so that's what we have to pay attention to. And um, um, it is, be, you know, needs to be served more because with all the bots and everything else, it's just becoming a, a, a different world. Absolutely. Cybersecurity is an issue in which creativity is essential, with malicious actors always looking for new ways to steal personal information and data. With decades of data science and fraud fighting experience, what are some creative ways you suggest small businesses can keep ahead of the bad guys without incurring large IT expenses? Yeah, and obviously we serve, you know, financial services primarily, but to your point of, you know, small business in general, because I get calls all the time, like, Adam, I got compromised. What do I do, right? Just because you're in the fraud space, there's an assumption that we know something about it. And I would say the first one would be policy. Um, and even if you're a company of two, three, four, five employees or 50, um, you know, one of the biggest things happening right now in the fraud world around this area is business email compromise. So somebody, it's pretty easy to get a hold of our like email, our adam.elliot at idinsight.com. Um, and what's happening is, you know, Joe, let's say he's Joe's at ID Insight or at ID Insight and accounts payable. And he's getting an email from me and my email with my signature block saying, Hey, I just signed up a new vendor. Could you please wire, you know, $10,000 to them? And so when I say policy, you know, we need to have policy around, we talk about it internally too, that, you know, we don't just wire $10,000 out based on an email. 
right? So having written policies so these things don't impact you is, is one thing. The second one, which may sound a little weird, is, is education. Um, like, you know, we are in the security space, right? So we have actually a whole security plan. We have a chief security officer. We have quarterly meetings. But even small businesses, I would recommend that they appoint or anoint somebody to be in charge of security. Again, even if you're two, three, four people. And when I say that, just stay up to date on what's going on, whether it's business email compromise, ransomware, how these things are happening, and then really just share that information back. For us, we do it quarterly just to say, hey, you know, like about a, three, four months ago, this log4j vulnerability came out. I knew nothing about what it was, but it was a pretty big deal. Um, and so you kind of have to want to stay on, on top of that. And then for us, again, back to we serve banks and credit unions and things like that. So for us to provide our tools to them, those small businesses, you know, we have to do it in such a way that it's accessible. They can get to it. They can afford it. Um, so for us, that's how we look at it. But I think the education and policy thing is really can be really important even for, you know, smaller businesses. Right. According to Sonic Wall, the world saw an alarming 105% surge in ransomware attacks in 2021. How often are your platforms evolving to keep up with malicious actors? And what would you identify as your company's most significant innovations as you strive to fight against cybersecurity threats? Yeah, it's, you mentioned ransomware, it's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. It's, and the thing about fraudsters is they'll always seek out the system of fewest controls, right? So it, once you solve something, they're going somewhere else. Um, and it's, so it's, it is this cat and mouse game and, and you have to stay ahead of it, right? And so you mentioned like, what are our probably most significant things we've done uh, in, in the spirit of staying ahead of it. Um, a couple things, we've got thousands of banks that utilize our services and every day they go in and, and look at our data or go look at the data analytics that we provide, um, which is really key to what we do. And they make decisions and say that was fraud, that was good. Um, and when they do so, they, they basically say that was fraud. And so what we did last April is we said, hey, what, since we have thousands of customers that are reporting fraud to us every month, what if we shared that information across the network? So that if somebody walked into Bank ABC on a Monday and somebody applied at 123 Main Street and Bank ABC said that was fraud, what if we make that information available to the network? You know, So two days later, they walk into XYZ, suddenly we can say, I don't know, but there was a fraud, a suspected fraud at that same address that we saw two days ago. Um, and the fraud, I mean, the bankers and the fraudsters love it because it's, you know, it's this fraud is the common enemy in banking, right? They might compete on marketing risk and things like that. But when it comes to the fraud side of it, it's like, it's pretty collaborative. So that's been very well received. And then tightly tied to that, um, and you've, you know, kind of hear it in the press a little bit, but because the banks are telling us every day, you know, in thousands per month and saying that's fraud, that's fraud. Well, as we talked about a little bit, or I did a minute ago, the fraud tends to migrate, right? So when you shut something down, they change their patterns, they change their schemes. And so because they're now reporting it every day, every month, our systems now are automatically capturing that. And it's the term for it is machine learning. So instead of a human building a model to say that looks risky, now we're able to adapt to the patterns in real time. So between you know sharing with the network consortium, with the fraud investigation network, coupled with the machine learning is probably the two things most significantly we've done in the last year to really try to stay one step ahead of the fraudsters. Absolutely. 
And Adam, as we round out today's discussion, how would you define creativity and what does that look like for ID Insight and more broadly speaking, the industry moving forward? You know, for us, we talk about, right, we hang our hat on being creative. We're in the space where you have to. You know, it's an easy mission. Every day we get up and try to, we have to go catch the bad guy, right? And so we got to play that cat and mouse game and get one step ahead of them. And I would say at the heart of it is we have to listen intently to our customers, right? We have to be on the lookout for what's next. Um, you know, we build solutions, we build products to solve certain problems. And you get this mindset of, we build these products, we have these products, we sell these products, but then you can't have those blinders on. You got to be always looking to what's next, right? And what's the next problem I have to solve? So an example I'll give you today, uh, as we sit here, um, you know, when the fraudsters, when people are doing fraud, let's, let's say in the virtual digital environment, um, they typically go out and make up an email address, right? John Smith at gmail.com. And guess what's happening? You know, people like us are looking at that going, hey, that email just got made up last week. That's fraud, right? And so we shut it down. So guess what the fraudsters are in the middle of doing right now? They're realizing that they can't just make it up and do fraud the next day. So they start farming their emails and they start using it at OpenTable at Amazon. And they realize like, if I use it for three months, then I'll get through the front door. And so that kind of gives you just a high level example of why we always are playing this cat and mouse game and saying, all right, now I need to look for the next thing. Uh, in terms of shutting them down. So there's just a couple snippets, but those are a couple ways we, we think about it. Well, I guess it's all about being vigilant. Adam, I really enjoyed our discussion today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.